there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back to another episode of Open Floor, filling in for your host, Michael the Pod Peanut. I'm Rohan Nakarni, joined today by an incredibly special guest. I'm very, very excited about this one. Uh, you know him from his stand-up special, People Pleaser, out now. You know him as a staff writer from last week tonight, uh, formerly a staff writer for Jesus and Marrow, RIP. Also the co-creator of the Modern Seinfeld Twitter account, like just one of our great lost pieces of art i don't know if we can kind of convince uh him to bring it back uh joining me today uh, also just a valued member of the open floor globe Thank josh you. gondelman josh how's it going buddy hey i'm good thanks thanks for having me i'm so thrilled to be here i feel like this is a very 21st century thing that's happening right now in that we've literally never had a conversation before true and the first one we ever have is going to be recorded for yeah. everyone to listen to i think our instant chemistry is gonna dazzle listeners and they'll be like these guys must have must have gone to high school together years apart somehow <laughs> yeah they think we're sandbagging them we go way mm-hmm. back family mm-hmm. friends there was one year that i was in a fight with my family so we spent thanksgiving together yeah um yeah <laughs> such yeah. an incredibly yeah. specific and beautiful yeah. pull for that yeah right that's just a very mm-hmm. i think a very vulnerable moment so we went to different colleges but we had the same summer job the same, same <laughs> summer internship somewhere and we always bonded as very close exactly. intern cohort yeah, yeah. yeah yes yes we you know we were on from different side of the tracks when we first mm-hmm. met each other there was no way we were going to be friends no way but then through the, through the course of this summer internship um <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the magic of podcasting exactly yes the magic of podcasting 
Um, listen, I'm going to be honest with our listeners. Um, thank you so much for your emails. Please keep them coming in, openfloormail at gmail.com, because we have reached that point in the summer. Um, I described it in a story I wrote today. It's like Will Smith and I am legend, but instead of looking for people, <laughs> just looking for NBA news. Mm-hmm. Um, summer League is long done. Uh, the season's still months away. There's not much going on. Josh, I'm curious, though, from your perspective, what what's your summer sports consumption like? Do you like watching baseball? Are you watching the W? Are you just taking a break? Uh, how much basketball do you like to watch during the normal season? Tell me a little about yourself. Great question. I'm a, a very regular NBA watcher during this season. I catch I'm, – I'm from Boston originally. I catch most of the – Oh, no. Or that's not true. I catch many Celtics games, mm-hmm. um, but I'm out a lot. So I'm, like, always tracking it on various apps, just tracking scores and stuff. And then I do, I'm a League Pass subscriber. There we um, go. Yeah. I, I – this summer – so I had – covid this week and so i was sequestered in our little home office that i'm in right now and i couldn't really watch much live but last night my wife went to a hotel so i could take care of the dog for a couple nights and i got to go back out into the living room (laughs) there we go okay yeah so i watched um i watched uh the first half of the sun uh the connecticut the connecticut phoenix WNBA game, which I really mm-hmm. enjoyed. I'm trying to be a more active NBA, or excuse me, WNBA fan. I've adopted the Liberty because that's like my neighborhood team now, but in Brooklyn. But um, I haven't gone to any games this season, partly because of COVID. And I'm, I'm like, I feel like the team is due for a renaissance. Uh, and then baseball, it's tough because I'm a Red Sox fan, but they're not great this season. And I like just can't bring myself to watch the Yankees for for pleasure. <laughs> uh, they're too good. I can't enjoy it. I my like spite based enjoyment um, right, metrics right. are all off. So I did enjoy a weird Mets win last night, hanging out with my dog. So that was pretty good. But summer is kind of a a lull for me. And again, burgeoning WNBA fandom. But like, it's the bulk of it is baseball, and I just like. It just doesn't have the same coming off of the NBA playoffs into just like the middle of the major league baseball season is it's a little bit of a slowdown. Yes, a little bit. I we somehow Chris Herring and I had an extended baseball conversation on this podcast that I mm-hmm. won't um, drag our listeners back into. But yes, baseball, entirely different beast than the NBA playoffs. Um, you mentioned the WNBA. I, I'd be remiss if we didn't. I just have to mention uh, Brittany Griner was obviously sentenced in yes. uh, Russia this week. Listen, we we, we can we're not going to wade into the geopolitics here. I think it's safe to say we all want her home. We know the NBA yeah. and WNBA are working on it. We know the Biden administration's working on it. Um, they just, I will say, for people who somehow haven't heard this or listened to this podcast. Her sentencing does at least open the door to a negotiation to bring her home. I'm, there's really not much more to say than that, other than it's just an, an awful scenario, a, truly a nightmare, and hopefully this in some way speeds up the process um, of, of, of her returning home. It seems right. I, I'm I'm glad that that is the upshot of this sentencing is like, okay, now the diplomacy can kind of take hold more because it is really it's so sad and scary to to hear that like sentenced to nine and nine yeah. nine and a half years in, in prison it's really unjust and and horrible absolutely um so 
Again, we keep starting with these serious things on the show. There's no great segue, but we're going to try to get into some basketball things now. A few fun emails today as well. Uh, I wrote a story for Sports Illustrated today. Um, I, I just thought if the playoffs were starting right now, yeah, uh, I, I'm trying to decide which team am I most confident in in winning the title. So I ranked my top five. Josh, I'm not going to make you give me your five on the spot. I'm curious. Okay. What's your... If you had to, let's say I'm making you bet the house on something right now, you know, you're, let's say this is the scenario. You're in severe gambling debt. Okay. You, you came into some money that you then used to get yourself even further into debt. Absolutely. Um, they're, they're, they're threatening your family, the whole nine yards. They're like sending you photos of your loved ones. Like, oh, like, you know, little Sarah sure does love her school friends. And it's like, you know. <laughs> Um, so you, you got to make one. This seems really dark because my dad does not like to have his picture taken. So this is real direct. <laughs> yeah, if they're sending exactly. me pictures of my parents. Exactly. Come out, got pictures of your dad. Um, you have to make one big bet to win it all back. What? Which team are you most confident in right now to make that bet on to win the 2023 NBA Finals? You know, this is a great question. And I think... It's it's interesting too because like we are so far from the finals that it's mm-hmm. like well the the Warriors look so great in this year's finals and are restored to health right that was the big question mark coming into this uh, into this season was like what are they going to look like with Clay and Steph back playing mm-hmm. with with Draymond but but that doesn't guarantee they're healthy ten months from now so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the the kind of slight contrarianism based on the at the most recent evidence and say I think with Chris Middleton back soon Ooh. I'm I'm going to say the Bucks they're really scary and I say that as a Celtics fan so in my heart I'm like dude there's no way Malcolm Brogdon there's no way shoring up the god rotation dude seriously it's a joke it's over before it's begun but I do think like I I think repeating is really hard it's really relying on the health of a few players who have historically had health troubles, right? With, um, with the Warriors and just like Giannis is a, a superhero at this point. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good pick, and I I'm curious to see how the Bucks look to start the season. I I was going through it for the story, and I was a little surprised how old some of their rotation guys were. I mean, mm. Brooke Lopez. Uh, getting up there, I think he's going to be 35, I believe, by the start of the playoffs. Wesley Matthews, 36. They signed Joe Ingles as kind of their big offseason addition. <laughs> he's going to be 35 by the time the season starts, coming off a torn ACL. Uh, they had I, – I was hoping for a little bit more activity from them in the summer. I know it's it's always easier said than done. But you brought up the, the, the key point there is it – Giannis, Drew, and Chris Middleton together, it's, it's hard to find a better kind of three-player core – um, especially in a league that I think's now kind of gone back to most teams of two stars, most great teams of two stars. Mm-hmm. I think they have a legitimate, you know, three all-star team that's really, really good. And you said it, I mean, Giannis, what he did in some of those games in that Celtics series, I mean, the first half outrageous. of that game seven. Outrageous. The it's, first half of game seven, I was like, oh no, this is, <laughs> he's going to win this by himself because the rest he, of the team was not playing well. He really looks like the, Player, I think him and Steph are the two guys in the league right now that can really win it a playoff game by themselves. Um, I we haven't really seen that from any other guys recently, at least. So I think that's a good pick. I 
funnily enough, I do have them behind Boston in the East, as much as it pains me to say. Um, as much as it pains me to it. align with the Democratic People's Republic of Boston <laughs> um, and their state media, it's uh, I think what they did in the offseason, adding Brogdon, adding Gallinari, and not giving up anyone from their playoff rotation, it's really impressive. It's really hard to pull that off. Uh, I can see you Brad just, yes, yeah. oh God, yes, oh my God. Um, the supreme leader, Brad Stevens, yes. <laughs> um they were, unfortunately, really, really good moves. But I think the team I have my eye on, and I know Pina is going to be happy to hear this. I I think if I had to bet right now, and I'm assuming this team's going to be healthy, and that is the question with them, mm-hmm. no doubt. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Clippers. Yep. Uh, just looking through their roster, it's pretty ridiculous the kind of team they've put together. They got John Wall this summer. Um they can play big with Zubac at center. They can play some crazy small lineups. I mean, they have Norm Powell, John Wall, Robert Covington, Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, all these guys who can play around Kawhi and PG, and I think they're going to be kind of terrifying. There's, it's also – you. it's tough to bet on a team that's, like, recovering from so many you mm-hmm. know, injuries to their two – star players however yeah. the the guy in league in history recently who has just come back and been a terminator off of like the weirdest long-term injury <laughs> yeah. is Kawhi, right just going to toronto and being like oh i'm the best remember that i'm yeah. the best i'm just gonna win the finals a weird history of like yeah all right i'll sit out this year and then come back and win it yeah. anyway it's not a big deal uh yeah i just think that they their lineup flexibility is so good. And you mentioned, I mean, Kawhi is really the linchpin of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also playing so well the last time we did see him in the 2021 mm-hmm. playoffs before he got hurt. Uh, he was having a fantastic run. That game seven uh, against Dallas was, I think, one of his better playoff games. Uh, he was right there with kind of the Kawhi of old. And then Paul George, also after the Kawhi injury, I thought was having one of the best postseasons of his career. Obviously, last year, uh, he had the injury issues, missed, missed a lot of the regular season. But when those two guys have it going, they're kind of – I think they have the best mix of kind of shooting and defense um, of any team in the league. Is there anyone else that you feel good about? Um, are you not saying the Celtics because you don't want to jinx them? That's uh, mostly how- it. Mm-hmm. I feel – not that I feel like they're like a runaway favorite, but I do think they're they're a really good team. I think that Brogdon is such a great – uh, player for them, like I think he fits so well into what they do as a team. Um, he, it's, it's also like Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Derek White is just like the most ridiculous defensive guard rotation in the league. Just like on the basis of being an all annoying to play team, I think they're going to be there. I think a Robert Williams and uh, and Al Horford's health throughout this season as you know, I just want want the best for them. I want them to feel good and play well. But that is like I also like we were talking about Milwaukee real real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. As a thirty seven year old uh, man myself, any I'm I've like firmly pivoted towards rooting for players in their mid to late thirties just as <laughs> yeah. a rule at this point. So like I've I'm much more warm to LeBron than I was in the past. There we go. Uh, I'm much more you know, PJ Tucker being like a a, a sought after off season target for many teams is just like oh, we're the same age. 
I like, still miss. Oh God! Don't get me started don't even on PJ Tucker. People don't even want me on their pickup team. <laughs> <laughs> Man, PJ Tucker, what a loss that was for the Heat. I talked about that with Sharp, but yeah, yes, I'm with you. Uh, Al Horford, by the way, you mentioned that, and I'm glad you did. First of all, I love that you're showing love to our uh, our late 30s players. Um, oh, yeah. There's some really good ones around the league. Al Horford's an interesting name, though, because. I think if he even takes a slight step back, that's a little interesting for the Celtics. It changes, uh, I think, what they do um, to a degree. I mean, his defense, his switching is so important. Obviously, the three-point shooting. Um, They do have good, again, front-court versatility between Rob, Grant, and Gallo. But I think Horford proved, during the playoffs at least, he was their most reliable big man. So if he takes even a slight step back, that's going to be interesting. Two teams, by the way, that I think are maybe have fallen out not falling mm-hmm. out, but I, I have an eyebrow raised is how I describe it. The Suns and the Grizzlies. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. are going to miss a bunch of the season. Yeah. You know, they could just be in one of those uphill climbs that, that they never really kind of get to the mountaintop this season. And the Suns, they just kind of sat on their hands this offseason, and that makes me nervous. It's tough. They seem to be in a little bit of, like, disarray in terms of the DeAndre Ayton thing and the Kevin Mm -hmm. Durant thing. It just feels like they didn't make the progress that you'd want to see them make after like a really bizarre and upsetting end to their season. For them to then be like, let's run it back but also let's have a weird contract dispute with one of our stars (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. Let's keep together the best team in franchise history but only in the most uncomfortable way possible that makes yeah let's make at least one of the key players involved really unhappy for a while yeah yeah, yeah. really treat him awfully just make mm-hmm. him feel like an absolute piece of dirt well, um, in private bring no, no 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 publicly yeah. <laughs> yeah. we'll do it publicly yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> to play out for literally everyone to see mm-hmm. and i i wish they had gotten i like campaign and he's had good moments for them he was did not have his best postseason. They think they need better Chris Paul insurance, ironically, mm-hmm. um, considering he's an insurance spokesperson. But they, they need... <laughs> they, Cliff Paul. Yeah. yeah, they need Cliff. They need Cliff. Um, there was someone who worked at my local McDonald's that looked so much like Cliff Paul, That's but not so Chris funny. Paul, that it was... That it was, I literally, my friend and I just called him Cliff. Like, we'd go to McDonald's in the summer to see if Cliff was working there. Yeah. Because you'd really, well, he looks exactly like Chris (laughs) Paul. No, 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 no. No, no, no. He was specifically Cliff. Yeah. Oh, man. So I'm a little bit out in the suns. I do think the Sixers are fringe contender. I need to see if Harden is serious about being in shape. And then the one team that's, I talk about on this podcast a lot, I tweet about them a lot, I write about them a lot, the Denver Nuggets. Don't sleep on the Nuggets with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. coming back. I, I the Nuggets are so fun. I really love watching them play. Um, it's I I hope that I mean I wish good health on all the teams, obviously, mm. because it, the teams are made of people, and I don't want yeah. people to be in agony. But it is just for the the sake of like watching a fun team, like the Grizzlies and the the uh, Nuggets at full health are just like so much fun to watch. Absolutely. Um, did you did you wade into like the Jokic MVP Embiid wars at all last year, which was a really a really toxic place to be, or did you stay above the fray? I didn't. I didn't mix it up too badly. <laughs> I do hope. I I, I think. Uh, I think Joel Embiid is gonna get his this year. I think I so. Think, I I think he's gonna be just 
unstoppable. Like last year was the Joel Embiid that we were promised and that Sixers mm-hmm. fans had acted like he had played eight full seasons of this already. Yeah. Um but you're but watching that I was like, yep, everyone was right and I was wrong to doubt that like he could <laughs> put together a season wire to wire that was just like dominant and and it was like it's I mean he's incredible to watch. He's sick. I love big men. I miss the days of centers posting up like 30 times a night. I'm the guy yeah. who's watching old Shaq highlights on Instagram all the time, which I've, I've mentioned on here before. <laughs> so I'm with you. I, I, I think Embiid was awesome. I thought he was the second best player in the NBA last year, and I think he has a great chance to win MVP this year. Um, Josh, I also think I, unless, oh, please, oh, sorry. go ahead. I was going to say, I also think that unless the Nuggets like are running away with or very close to the top of the West, it's so hard for someone to win three times. Like, oh, voters, yeah, I think, really do go, like, well, trust no way. Me, that's not happening. No way. They would have to win, like, there, 70 games. There, there would be, like, protests. There'd be, mm-hmm. like, there'd be all kinds. There'd be rioting. It would not be good. Like, some, somehow it would involve the Liberty Bell. I don't know how exactly, <laughs> but it would. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's not happening. I don't think Jokic. I don't know what it would take for Jokic to win again in his career, but I'd be shocked if he did. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum! And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is almost over get ready for the 2024 nfl season as the full schedule is announced every rivalry every rematch Every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I want to move on to some emails. Please. Because we got one. Then when I say that my jaw dropped reading this email, I could not be on a more different page but i'm very curious to hear your thoughts okay this one comes from marcus this one comes from marcus in brazil Mm -hmm. he says another one from brazil hello michael mr love island i guess that's my nickname and chris (laughs) the writer of the wonderful book about the knicks it is a simple question 
This is not simple, Marcos. This is not simple, Marcos. It is a simple question. Is dunking overrated? Sports in general, and basketball in particular, are a TV show. Dunks are so spectacular they became a category of the All-Star game. But are they so important? How many players are drafted because of their dunking skills and then their teams discover they can't do anything else properly? Pass, assist, shoot. Another problem. Quote-unquote dunkers put their body on a hard diet of effort and impact, making them prone to contusions. I'm thinking of Zion Williamson here. And then he goes on to congratulate Michael and his baby, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, congratulations to Michael. I haven't said that yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, congratulations to the pod. He got his kid a Celtics blanket already. It's disgusting. Perfect. Um, Marcos, thank you so much for writing in, even though this question absolutely blew me away. Uh, Josh, I guess I'll pose it to you. It is a simple question. Is dunking overrated? No. <laughs> dunking rules. It's... It's properly rated because partly of these things, right? Because of the danger that we see people mm-hmm. assuming with their bodies, because of the, the fact that it is it is like for flair and emphasis, and it's not. I mean, there are other important plays, but I think dunking really energizes the crowd. It's spectacular to watch. It is, um, yeah, it's wonderful. I will say we've been suffering from in the age of social media what I'll call posterization inflation where any good dunk people are like he put him on a poster and it's like be honest with yourself would you hang that poster in your childhood bedroom (laughs) if not that's just a great dunk which is also great but it's different than like a posterizing and i think so i will say individual dunks have become overrated but dunking as a genre spectacular art 10 out of 10 that is the perfect way to describe it we do need better language in 2022 when it comes to describing dunks i agree not everything can be a poster but dude slam dunks are incredible like slam dunks make me happy that my family and i moved to america (laughs) it's like it's maybe one of the greatest things that this country's ever produced are slam dunks um i can remember where i was for certain dunks um like i remember watching shaq uh, or D Wade lob it up to Shaq against the Cavs. Uh, you know that play where he dribbles around a guy, runs out of bounds, runs back in bounds, throws it up to Shaq. I remember yeah. uh, Le- or Dwayne Wade uh, putting Anderson Verjao on a poster. I actually had that framed on my desk at my SI office that's a back poster. in the day. Yeah, that's a poster. <laughs> Dwayne Wade over Anderson Verjao, watching that at home with my dad. My dad was like in your face, Verjao. We, we as a family, <laughs> we just we hated Verjao for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, my God. And also, not only are dunks so cool, it makes blocks at the rim so cool. Like, that's what made Bam's block on Jason Tatum so cool. It's like, this might One be a dunk. One of the greatest yeah. plays. Uh, I mean, like, heartbreaking. When I see it in yes. highlights packages, my stomach turns because my- of how bad it felt in the moment. I was so happy. I literally, ra- like, jumped up off my couch screamed at the tv so i've never done i don't i don't i think the only two times i've done that in the last 15 years were for bam's block and lebron's block during the The chase finals yes yeah yeah um i scared my dog but yes like dunks are so i uh, who doesn't love dunks like that like when zion has the ball and you're like he might dunk right now that tension is is exquisite 
It's incredible. I will say, you brought up blocks. I think blocks maybe are underrated. I'll give I'll give Marcos that as a point in his favor. There are other plays that we I think we should hype up closer to where we are with dunks, but like blocks at the rim for sure are incredible. And then oh. just like I mean, I one of the reasons I love the Celtics team is watching Rob Williams just come out of nowhere and smother shots, block jump shots. Like, a big man blocking a three is so fun, um, which is, like, the inverse of, like, a guard pulling out a rare dunk on, like, a wide-open fast <laughs> yeah. break. And hopefully... I, look, Marcos, I don't mean to spit in your face on this. I hope with the league trying to clean up these take fouls a little bit, I hope we get more dunks. Yeah, exactly. The league is trying to give us more dunks. You brought up Rob Williams and blocks. First of all, could again, could not agree more with you on blocks. One of the most fun plays that you can get in the NBA, Rob Williams like closing out to a three-point shooter and like swatting their shot uh, as it's like a quarter of the way through to the hoop. Incredible. Um, yeah, oh my god, LeBron's block, still just the most, maybe like a top five most exciting moment in NBA history, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, and he's got, like, listen, NBA teams are not drafting guys because of their dunking skills specifically, but I will say, what a dunk signifies is this player has an athleticism that maybe we can harness into other aspects of the game. Uh, there's a reason why so many of the game's great players are also its greatest dunkers. It's because of the athleticism they have. Think about Kobe Bryant's won a dunk contest, Julius Irving, Michael Jordan. Um, and then we even, even, like, we're talking about athletic dunks, like big man dunks. Like, I just watched uh, a highlight the other day of Shaq, like, basically elbowing David Robinson and then dunking. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. I want more of this. It's There are lots of important plays, and I don't want to sound like I'm eschewing the fundamentals here but you no one in the history and i you can double check me with some kind you know whatever second spectrum no one has ever set a pick so hard it shattered the backboard (laughs) yeah exactly exactly rudy gobert screen assists are not literally like you know causing glass to fly everywhere like that's like like was tim duncan a more exciting player to watch than shaquille o'neal of course not now was tim duncan better Perhaps you did win more titles, right? The yeah. longevity, etc. No one's doubting that. But um, Magic Shack running the floor and just oh, you know, breaking backwards, as you said, I, I'm in in shock that someone could think dunks are overrated. And I don't want to make it sound like Marcos, you don't like dunks at all. But dude, slam dunks rock. Yeah, this feels like a very like a slightly analytics pilled take <laughs> yeah. of like a. You, they're like, you know, a dunk is not the most optimal way <laughs> yeah. to score two points. And it's like, sure. I I agree that if Also, I was... it probably is. It's a very <laughs> yeah, high percentage you shot. Are next yeah. to, you're right. You're inside yeah. the rim. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, um, but yeah, that I think this... I think... I, I appreciate Marco's... The heat of the take. That's what yes. we need, right? In the dog yes. days of summer, yes. the takes are getting hotter. Uh, but I just have to disagree. I yeah. think dunks rule, and it seems silly to to um to to state otherwise. N- no, again, non dunks also rule, but yeah. dunks rule. <laughs> yes, Marcos. While we both vehemently disagree with you, yeah, we appreciate the the severity of the take, your willingness to go there, put yourself in that position. Yeah, but. Also, just let yourself be open to dunks, man. They're a beautiful thing when they happen. As one last point on this, sorry to keep Please. elongating every segment. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite 
sports pieces of slang that I've recently become aware of, or maybe it's in wider use now, is when a when a player gets out of the way of a dunk, that being known as a business decision. Yes, I think it's like a very charming way to describe like not wanting to just absolutely get clobbered by someone's like crotch flying at your face. This is a good time to bring up that one time I tried to convince the Dagger Nuggets to film a video of Kenneth Fareed dunking on me. <laughs> and I don't think it got and by convincing I mean hey do you guys think Kenneth Reed would be open to dunking on me while I wear like a camera on my head and I don't think it got much further than that I think someone was like you can ask Kenneth that and I'm like well I'm not going to do that you know I'm going to I'm going to need someone to ask him for me so uh yeah hold on maybe we'll maybe we'll still uh we'll get to that one day but that's just how much we love so. dunks that's what yeah. how far I'm willing to go for the dunk you know to get to get dunked on the ultimate sacrifice, yes, exactly, as some would yes. call it. Yes, yes, it's like Iron Man, you know, with the snap and Endgame, and then me getting dunked on. Yeah, the same thing. It's um, the same thing. Yeah, this next email comes from DM. That's all it says here. DM. Okay, he says, "Friends, with August upon us, this is an excellent time to think about what songs could soundtrack some of our favorite players. Imagine if when players were coming out or shooting free throws." Like the arena would play their chosen theme song, like Mariano Romero coming out to Ender Sandman or Ioannis Cespedes coming out to the Lion King theme song. I was like, I didn't realize that that was his walk-up song. No, me Also, either. how cool would it be for the pod to feature a few of these audio clips? I don't think the pod can afford those audio clips, <laughs> mm-hmm. DM. Um, here are some nominations to get the ball rolling. All Cameron slash cams. Uh, Cameron's kill a cam. This is what got me thinking about this obvious reason. Zion, sister Nancy's Bam Bam. Uh, at first, I thought about Bam out of bio for this, but that seemed too basic. And after Bam's playoff performance, he doesn't deserve one of the best songs ever. Hey, man, that's an wow. that's uncalled for. That's I don't gold. even. I don't think I know sister Nancy's Bam Bam. I also don't. I don't. Is that a? Uh, apparently, it's one of the best songs ever. And then Jaws, Biggie's Hypnotize. Imagine how hyped everything would be. Jimmy Butler, Welcome to the Jungle. Um, this is interesting. I like the concept. I think it does need some fine tuning. Yeah. Uh, Shelby, our producer Shelby with the text says, Sister Nancy's Bam Bam is a dance hall song. I do love dance hall. I love... Um, oh, wait. Yes. Okay. I know that okay. I now that I have the the genre, I can yeah. place it. Thank you, Shelby. There we go. Shelby does his favorite. I guess if I played it, maybe I'd know it. Um, I do love dance hall, reggae, Afro pop. Great music for this time of year, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess Shelby's getting down to it all the time. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Josh, how would you, do? You, can you think of a way this would functionally work? Like trying to give someone like Steph. Uh, or you know whomever a Giannis a theme song how how could we incorporate it into an NBA game? I feel like just from like an ops point of view, you don't want it to disrupt the players' <laughs> flow mid game. So you couldn't play, and it would be kind of anticlimactic to play it like as they're shooting free throws. I guess maybe as they if they sub back into the game mm. like in the fourth quarter would be a way to do it because I feel like that Ooh. that's always kind of done without a lot of fanfare but like Steph coming in after his last rest in a fourth quarter is like kind of an exciting moment or you know um and I think that would be that would be the place to do it 
that is a fantastic suggestion that I never would have thought of and is actually incredible. Like, I always say on this pod, like, my favorite time to be a Miami Heat fan was 2009 when the Heat were, like, down seven points and Dwayne Wade was checking back in in the fourth quarter and it was like, it's go time. And it's like, can you just imagine them dimming the arena lights and it's like checking back into the game, you know, number. And it's like, yeah, it's like you're doing the starting lineup over again, but it's just for this one player. And yeah, they get to pick their theme song. That would be sick. That would be awesome. I feel like despite the, um, numerous kind of upsetting allegations against Nelly, um, which I guess I would imagine is irresponsible not to bring up Jason Tatum coming in in the fourth quarter to the, to EI by Nelly like oh oh I feel like people because they have a connection the St. Louis connection I feel like people get really hyped about it um yeah I think that like that that could be a moment that would be great like Embiid coming back into the Rocky theme or the DX uh, theme song yeah god this is a this is I like the question DM even though um yeah like man Coming into the fourth quarter is a really, really good one. Another one that I think could be interesting. The problem is it's, again, it's mid-game, so how hyped would it really get players? Mm-hmm. When it's like, you know, I think about, like, Chris Paul. It's the fourth quarter, and he's dribbling up the ball, up the court slowly. Like, if it's just him, that's, like, yep. an in-game moment to, to play the theme song. The crowd knows what's happening. Like, it's that yep. time. Like, that could be a lot of fun. But I really love the checking into the fourth quarter idea. Are there any other player song combinations that you can think of that maybe you'd like to see gosh that's i i kind of i kind of took my shot with my big one that big one <laughs> i mean like obviously like someone with their own music like yes like, Dame Lillard, Lillard has yeah. like pretty legit bars and so like mm-hmm. let him check into his own song i think that's kind of like a a power move right there is doing your own I, theme yeah, song. Yeah, I think that'd be really fun. I think mean, I think obviously players who play in cities, like you mentioned, um, yeah, get the connection tough. with the local artists. Yeah, that's tough too, though, because it's like local to where the player grew up or local to the to the place where they play. And, yeah. and I think that is kind of with basketball, it feels like a little more. Um, per, like the music should be tied to the city for some reason more than mm-hmm. baseball, where like you don't. It doesn't always feel like yeah. Oh, baseball is completely random. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I want Rick Ross to write like an original song for yeah. Jimmy Butler for when he checks back in, in to a game in Brooklyn. They do play a lot of like Biggie and Jay Z mm-hmm. stings kind of throughout the game as a right. as an operations thing. And sometimes I think it's really cool, and sometimes it feels like a little like a little layered on. But like that. Um, Biggie just going like where Brooklyn at is just like a really intense cool way to start a game. Yeah. The other time would be you save it for the the unquestioned star, right? The way like mm-hmm. Michael Jordan would always be the last player announced and then you flip the intro music and it becomes this player's walk-on music. Uh so you that do it at the really beginning cool. and yeah. people get like extra psyched instead of just that pause of like and now yeah. six foot six from the university like there's also like a the, the what beat a changes. Good, what a good PA voice. That is <laughs> Thank you. booming. Yeah. You like the appropriate <laughs> distance from the microphone and everything. You. you just you nailed it. How I'm do you feel performer. about <laughs> How do you feel about the atmosphere at Nets games by the way? They're an interesting in-game experience I got to say. 
yeah i mean i truly not to be um like basic about it it is still finding its footing as a uh-huh. as like a ambiance like even i agree you go you get on the train and you go to msg and it's just like rocking it is such Mm a great Mm -hmm. basketball experience even when the knicks are not like in the thick of the playoff race even oh i've seen yeah the game is not great yeah 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 i mean i remember seeing like a knicks kings game when neither team was that exciting i mean it was when boogie was on the kings and he was great but yep yeah like you mentioned just getting the the train walking up to the arena it's so different um yeah the nets games just have a weird like it feels like everyone is there for different reasons um, yeah. in a way that it doesn't really feel like in most other NBA arenas. Yeah, and I I think, and this might just be my Boston-ness creeping mm-hmm. out, but I think like the KD, Kyrie, James Harden era set the the mood back a little bit because I do think there were a lot of like – Nets fans that were like, we love this team. This is our team. And, and when they got, we they kind of pulled this constellation of the super team together. It just feels like that took kind of the air out of like the scrappiness of the fans. Mm-hmm. And it became a little bit more like, I don't know. They, it just like accelerated the timeline to a point where like the, the fandom didn't keep getting to like build and grow with the team. So you go and there's like a lot of opposing fans, which is great, you know, that people can do that. But it's just like yeah. it be partly because that's a more affordable experience than going to yeah. the guard. Like when the yeah. Celtics come to town, it is just more affordable for me to go to Barclays than it is to go to the garden and and uh, more convenient <laughs> yeah. for a Brooklyn commute. But um, that but yeah, I think that is it feels a little um, like they're still like it's still coming together. Like the the fans are still deciding like what kind of fans do we want to be? Yeah. It <laughs> do we want to much... boo a lot? Do we yeah. want to like? Do we have cheers that we do? What yeah. animates us? And it just like hasn't come together yet. It feels very under construction, and that's not to say the Nets don't have great fans. Like I know a lot of cool Nets fans, no, and totally fans, and and they have a good fan section. Like you mentioned, like they put together that super team so quickly. Now there's like you said, there's people who just want to go see the stars. There's opposing fans, and it's just it can be a weird mix at times. But yeah, anyway, no, no slight against Nets yeah. fans, but I yes. think as an arena experience, it hasn't gotten like consistently to that point of like, okay, we know we stand now, and we yes. know that we think this guy sucks, and we're gonna yell yeah. at him. It just like hasn't all fit together yet. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 
wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Let's get to one last email here before some fun things we want to do at the end of the show. This mm-hmm. one comes from Elliot Gold, who just the subject is just Timberwolves slander. I don't know if he's a mm-hmm. Wolves fan or not a Wolves fan, uh, but he says, so great to have Sharp back on the show. Miss that guy. Uh, thank you again to Andrew Sharp for doing the episode last week, by the way. Uh, Elliot says, anyways, my question is, let's say the Wolves have three All-Stars this season, something that seems highly possible. I think Carl Towns, Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert. Definitely all possibilities. Would they be the worst slash lowest regarded team of the last 25 years to have three all-stars? Hard to remember another three all-star group that no one even thought had a chance to make the conference finals. Interested in your thoughts. Well, I guess this the Atlanta... Feels like oh, yeah, this is this, the slander. This is, yeah, this is definitely <laughs> slander. I guess he probably does not like the Timberwolves. Um, I guess there was the one year that the Hawks, they sent... Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest, Elliot. I did not research the last 25 years of All-Stars. Uh, I'm sure Pina would have done it and then watched like the synergy clips <laughs> of every All-Star game as well. Um, but I think the Hawks that one year where they had the cute team and yeah. you know everyone was named Player of the Month. I believe they had four All-Stars maybe that year. It was it was Horford, Teague, yeah, Corver, Millsap, and Corver, right? Um, I, again, this was only a few years ago to give you an idea of the level of research I'm trying to do in August. Um, but what do you think? Do you, let me just start here. Do you respect the Timberwolves? I do respect the Timberwolves. Oh, interesting. I don't don't know if this will work out, this Timberwolves (laughs) gambit, but if, if there are three, I don't think that Towns, Edwards, and Gobert are like reputation legacy all-stars at this point like that they're Mm -hmm. just gonna be there yeah so i think if they're all three voted into all-star it's because they're mashing teams Mm. it's because like rudy gobert is the the defense that this team needed and towns is just like free to roam on offense and just like snipe from the outside and abuse people inside uh, because I think like if if they are three all stars, it's not going to be because of like oh this is a cute team that's playing well together mm-hmm. or like th- this is like a, a a sweet story. It's because like these three guys are like really bringing it to like taking it to the league every night. I think that's a great point. I do you know even though I think that the Gobert trade they gave up a lot and it's kind of like messed up the trade market because of how much they gave mm-hmm. up. Um, I like the move in terms of they're going for it. I like that for them. Um, 
this is what we should encourage small market teams to do is push their chips to the table and try to win. Having said that, I think the objectively funny thing, funniest thing that could happen is this team being a disaster, being like a comedy of sorts. Mm. Uh, it's Anthony Edwards and clearly not getting along with Towns and Gobert. Um, it's them like crying after like a February regular season win uh, and getting too emotional about it like they did after winning the play-in. Um, so I'm going to go with... Uh yeah, I'm gonna go with they'd be the least respected, wow, uh, least okay. regarded team. They're I gonna get it. three all stars. I'm not gonna take them seriously. I'm gonna have them as a first round exit, no matter what, uh, just for the comedy of it. So oh yeah, Elliot, I mean, let's uh, Mavs fans already sick of me. Um, Timberwolves fans just hop hop on board. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and agree <laughs> with the slander. I like this August heel turn that yeah. you're taking. How it many just, teams can you make? Yeah, exactly. How bases? many fan bases? Um, I they are. Go- I do think they have a chance to be one of those teams that's fantastic during the regular season. That we're going to have questions about during the playoffs, aka the Jazz with Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what Gobert has shown is that at the very least, he's a high, high floor player. Right, like. He raises your floor a lot. We know that about Gobert. The question remains is where's the ceiling? Um, you know, Mike said a few episodes ago on the question that I think both, still haunts both of us is who could be the worst player on a championship team? He thinks Gobert is a possibility. It's really interesting. Um, I'm really excited to see Anthony Edwards this season, though. Me too. He's so fun to watch. He's um, incredibly fun to watch. The personality... Um, does this does this happen to you? Like my Instagram, like fake uh, explore page that's supposed to be yeah. like serving me TikToks essentially. It repeats videos a bunch. Like I'll like I'll oh, get served the same video like twenty times. But a video I get served all the time is Anthony Edwards watching Cardi B twerk. Mm-hmm. Um, I like so for whatever reason the algorithm. I mean, I guess for obvious reasons the algorithm is identified as that that is like the Venn diagram of my interests. Um, <laughs> And I got to say, it's a great video. I love Anthony Edwards. He's hilarious. Uh, absolute legend. I, I want him to succeed for sure. Him him naming his dog Anthony Edwards Jr. <laughs> is like truly a wonderful bit. The only way I think to take that to the next level would be if he, like Marcus Morris Sr., had Sr. appended <laughs> to his jersey. <laughs> oh my god, that would be so good. Anthony next Edwards level. Sr. Oh, that would be really good. That is you, that is an idea that I hope he somehow hears. We need to relay this. That's a fantastic suggestion yet again. I'm really into that. Thank you. Um, I feel like that I'm, sounded so sarcastic the way I said it for no, some reason. But I, took, I, I, take but I it, meant it I ignore- genuinely. As a self-preservation measure, I ignore all sarcasm and I'm just like, <laughs> just, hey, these people really like me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so those are the, the basketball emails we got. We got one more email that I really want to get to. Let's do it. Because uh, this is a this is a this response came in hot to our last episode um, with Andrew Sharp. We brought back the Love Island minute, mm-hmm. and I said some things. I spoke from the heart, and so we got an email. <laughs> this is from. Ella, love the subject, Love Island Minute, questions slash concerns. Hello, Rohan and Open Floor Globe. My name is Ella. I listen to your podcast from time to time, but the real basketball fan is my fiance, Cooper. I mostly just tuned in for the Love Island Minute, and earlier today, Cooper told me that there was a new Love Island Minute, so he listened to the absolute <laughs> bollocks that you spewed together. 
Wow. Wow. I know. So Ella goes on to say that she gives me props for commending Ekinsu as a generational talent, but she mm-hmm. essentially saying I was way too hard on Ekinsu in our last episode. Um, defended Ekinsu, said she's a girl's girl, always there to com- comfort, support, and uplift. Has never said anything bad behind any of the Islanders' backs. Um, mentions that in Casa Amor, Ekin didn't crack on with anyone, and we don't know what happened between her and George. Uh, during that night vision footage josh i know these words mean nothing to you i promise they will soon um she said thank you all love the show um i just want to respond to ella because this was a passionate email i do think i I do think i came in a little bit too hot on ekansu last week because i think she's proven to be really loyal recently i'm i'm a big fan of hers don't get me wrong i'm a huge fan of hers I do think that in that clip with George, there's more that went on than we know. But at the same mm-hmm. time, if her and uh, Davide have moved on from it, they moved on from it. So, Ella, I think you made some great points. I will add that I do think Ekin came into the house, into the villa really hot, said she was not there to make friends, had a little bit of beef with Gemma to start, but they've gotten over it. Again, Josh, these words mean nothing to you, but you just watched the first so episode been, of Love Island. I've been crushing some tape. Yeah, as I mentioned off mic, I've been crushing some tape <laughs> trying to get ready for the Love Island minute because I, until I realized this week that I know of Love Island, but I'd just been like filling in what I thought happened <laughs> on the show in my mind and didn't like I didn't know there was a winner until this week. <laughs> yeah. And I had just been I thought it was like, you know, that M. Night Shyamalan movie old about the beach that makes <laughs> yes. you old. I thought it was like that. But they just sent you to an island that makes you horny. And then yeah, that was exactly. the whole show. Yeah. I mean, but mostly winners yes. and losers. I know. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I was pretty yeah. close. Yes. Um, I watched the first episode and I was like, Okay, I have a little bit of an idea of the lay of the land, but they still don't really lay out, like, game mechanics or anything. Like, in The Bachelor, they're like, we're here to find The Bachelor. And here they're like, there's (laughs) ten people, maybe they're all in love with each other. And I was like, how do you know who wins then? Um, So, I am intrigued. I'm, like, very intrigued. And I, But I do think my ideal thing that would happen on Love Island, and maybe this is already a movie or something, is that episode one, they introduce all the characters, they pair them off. Episode two, they reveal that they've all been brought there to solve a murder. And <laughs> the rest of the season are just these people trying to fall in love, but also trying to find justice. I think, again, I don't know how you haven't, I'm sure you know the right people to pitch this TV show to, <laughs> like, just a limited series. I would watch the heck out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some kind of murder on, someone in catering is dead. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's up to the Islanders to figure it out. Um, that would be incredible. I, I would absolutely watch that TV show. This is the clue reboot that we need. <laughs> yes. This isn't. Yes. This puts it in the modern times of like, yes. why are we all here? Yeah. We're always talking about how do we update this for 2022? You know, mm-hmm. how do we how do we make it fit to today's societal standards? Blah, blah, blah. Just set it in Love Island. That's set all you need to Love do. Island. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for you to go on the Love Island journey. I think Thank you're you. really, really, really going to enjoy it. Um, yeah, there's some. Did you, so did you start with season eight? Yes, they introduced, it was the one where they many times were like, oh, and this time we're letting the... Yes, uh, okay, the, this was the, the first public time... pair them up. Yes, yeah, this was the up. first time the public paired people up. This is a good season. I don't think you even met Davide yet. Uh, no, um, or Ekansu. No, or, oh my God, brother. They are, they're two of the most important people in my life now. Um, <laughs> it's 
it's my dog, my grandma, my parents, my brother, Ekansu and Davide, um, and then everyone else. Um, it is, it's really tremendous. I like, it's so, the intros are, it's like really repeating the information so it sinks in, because they had to tell every single guy as he came out. Yeah. It's also, I what one thing that I forget about the UK is the, the like, the diversity of accents. Yes. It's so all over the map that I was like, some of these people, I know I'm not in practice, like hearing this accent and, and, and the slang and stuff, but I was like, it's a marvel that they're understanding each other. It really is. It's like, Oh, I have a Manchester accent. You have a London accent. You mm-hmm. got a West End. you got an East End. Yep. It's Scottish. It's Irish. It's all over the place. Um, it's the slang on that show is really what, um, keeps me coming back is just hearing mm-hmm. them talk and drop the phrases are so good and it there's no way you'll be able to escape using them um oh, that's in good. your everyday life yeah there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is almost over get ready for the 2024 nfl season as the full schedule is announced every rivalry every rematch Every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Before we go, I did want to just ask you a couple questions while we have you here. You know, we get a lot of guests who love to talk about basketball, which is fun. But I'm going to be honest, none of our guests I think are interesting as you. Um, No offense to Gonzalez or Andrew Sharp, who are perfectly fine people. They're not uninteresting. Um, I love those episodes. I I said before we started, I said I've loved your your guest hosting stint. Um, Excited for Pina to come back, obviously, but have loved the, the Rohan the Rohan sessions. Thank you. No, listen, thank you again to all the guest hosts. We really appreciate it. We're hoping to get some more uh, fun people coming throughout the summer. But Josh, I wanted to ask you, because you did have um, a stand-up set come out this summer. As I also mentioned, you've written, I think, for some of like our 
most culturally significant television shows of the last decade or so. Thank you. I want to know, like, are you feel like you're using different parts of your brain when you're writing your your stand up versus writing for TV shows? I mean, obviously, you know, in those in the TV instance, it's other people who are kind of then using those words. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a very different style of comedy. There's a reason not a lot of people do both. How do you find, like, is it is it a dissonance for you? How do you find trying to manage both of those goals? I found, so one thing that's really helped me is I heard an interview with Brian Kiley a number of years ago, who's wonderful. He's He wrote monologue jokes for Conan forever. He's a really, really funny, great stand-up um, Boston guy uh, originally. And he said, he was like, my day job is to write jokes for Conan, so all the topical stuff goes to Conan, and then I take what's left like I for for my own act like I do Mm -hmm. the other stuff so so when I think about it like that the idea of like my job you know I pay the bills most of the time in writers rooms working for you know I worked for for John Oliver for a long time um Jesus and Mero for a long time I want to do a good job at my day job and then it so whatever's left is that's for me right so it's Mm -hmm. like stories that don't work for the show if there's like topical stuff or cultural stuff or just an angle that the show never took on something. I'm like, oh, I can still use this. Um, or personal stuff. So I think my act has gotten like, has, has become very much like, here's what my life is and here's what I think mm-hmm. about things out of the necessity of like, I one, I don't feel like that kind of, I have that Chris Rock gravitas of like, here's what the world has been like for the last three years and here's my, or two years or one year, and I'm going to process it through comedy for this audience that wants to hear my expertise and perspective but also i've like burned a lot of thoughts on those topics working uh at shows so which is it it feels nice to be like oh this is this is like a rubric and i'm not like ooh, if i could only hoard these jokes for myself Mm -hmm. it's like there's always going to be more jokes if i like uh sit down and write them so i i mean you also again like i think like i said like these shows are very popular right like uh last week tonight jesus and marrow um, I was wondering if you could give us just the slightest peek behind the curtain because I, sure. I think a lot of people would be fascinated, like you know how these shows work. Like, it, what what kind of pressure do you guys feel under in that writers' room? Um, mm-hmm. You know, how do you kind of like when three people are working on a joke, for example, or maybe it is only one person at a time. You can tell me, but how do you kind of produce like fine tune? And turn it into such a polished final product for us to consume. So it happens in on those two shows, like fully 180 degree opposite ways. Oh, wow. With, with, yeah, which is so, it's like been really cool to spend, I spent five years at Last Week Tonight, uh, four mm. in the writer's room, and then I, I have been, I was at Jesus and Marrow for three and a half years with the last uh, six or so months as the, the head writer, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. And the, at, Last week tonight, you, you know, you outline for those big stories, especially there's a long time of like culling research. Then there's Mm -hmm. a long time of like you, a couple days of like you outline a story, then a couple days of you write a long draft. And along the way, you're getting notes from John and from Tim Carvel, who's an executive producer there. You're meeting with the, the research producers, the producers that work with footage. And it's just like this long process so that by the time there's a rehearsal on Sunday, there's a rewrite for like two, three hours after that. And by the time John goes to the stage, it's like word perfect. He knows what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. He 
knows how long it's going to take. Like the he'll the the script supervisor or AD will be like, mm, we're about twenty minutes. Excuse me. He'll be like, we're about twenty seconds heavy tonight. And John's like, great. And he just talks twenty seconds faster. He's wow. truly a machine. And and that's how it gets on the air. And so it is like a process where I think some of the stress of like we have to get this ready for the night is is that. There's a so the te- the whole team there is so great, really working collaboratively with the goal of making this like really funny and thorough thing, and that is backstopped by John and Tim being like really brilliant, and John coming being like ultimately I'm gonna sit here in front of the camera by myself and talk at this camera for mm. a half an hour, with, you know, with breaks for footage and and produced elements, but um, but I have to believe and want to say it the way it's coming out so like he's kind of the ultimate backstop for that and with Jesus and Marrow it kind of it goes the opposite way where a lot of the topical stuff at least um you come in with like the premise or the footage and they riff so much Hmm. on set and and even for the sketches they do so much riffing that it it becomes like shaping things in the edit and that Mm -hmm. is again it's a process with a lot of hands on it where Jesus and Marrow generate so much material based on what they've been given as, you know, uh, what's in the prompter, what they're bouncing off of each other. And and then you have, like, the day, if it's the topical stuff, or, like, the week, if it's a sketch, to have all these different hands on it. Like, the writers who pitched it, the editor who's working on it, the producers, um, the director who was on set. And, and so, again, it's, like, this really wonderful collaborative process that that feels like... Oh, I'm not out on a limb, naked, being like, "Uh, this thing I wrote better work," yeah. <laughs> because it's, um, yeah, it's such a. There are so many wonderful people that like touch these things at all. You know, not to mention like the the camera crew, the the graphics department, the our props guy Pablo, who is like, "Hey, Pablo, can you get us ten hot?" fish sandwiches yeah. that'll be ready exactly when we need Jesus yeah. and to eat them all. <laughs> you know, it's, so it's like a really wonderful, it's, it's collaborative, but like fully 180, the opposite. Mm-hmm. We're coming at things from the opposite direction. Um, is there one that you can share, but is there a, I'm just curious if there's a joke that you particularly love <laughs> for either of these shows that oh, you can, gosh. that sticks out in your mind that, but that did not make it. That, oh, they, that they were like, that they were like, no, Josh, this isn't funny. And you were like, I don't know why everyone is not seeing what I'm seeing here. The, my favorite thing that I've ever pitched to Jesus and Marrow was that almost got made and then kind of got killed and then just never came back. And I've always kind of like mourned it looking off in the distance <laughs> was a sketch about a, an Italian restaurant called The Secret Garden, which is like the <laughs> Olive Garden, but where you take your secret second family. And so, and the tagline is, when I'm here, your family. And it's just like a scumbag dad with his secret family. And we almost made it. And uh, I really, I'm like, ah, that would have been, I would love to have that on tape for real. There we go. That is great. I would, yeah, you just bump into someone, you see someone you uh, didn't expect to see at the secret garden. I want to go to the the real restaurant. Yeah, All the booths are (laughs) very dark. It's cash only, no credit card receipts. (laughs) Just a real it's dirt bag like, yeah, restaurant. Just the Ashley Madison of restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ashley yeah. Madison of restaurants. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, there we go, Josh. We were a, we were just about to get into the Jesus and Meryl breakup, but it looks like we've actually run out of time. <laughs> so um, that is going to do it for this week's episode 
of Open Floor. Uh, thank you so much to our listeners for bearing with us this summer. I know it's been a lot of different hosts, a lot of different voices on the pod. Thank you, everyone, for bearing with me, for keeping the emails coming, openfloormail at gmail.com. And thank you so much to our guest today, Josh. Um, please tell the people where they can find your stand-up special, where they can sure. find your work. Um, please I- let them know. I'm at Josh Gondelman on Twitter and Instagram, legally too old to be on TikTok. Um, and you can find my special <laughs> People Pleaser. It's an hour of my stand-up. It's like across VOD platforms. So it's, um, it is uh, YouTube and worldwide on Vimeo, I think, is the easiest place to go if you're outside the U.S. And Amazon Prime, they have in a lot of countries. Um, I know I'm forgetting. Oh, Apple TV. So all the places you'd go to rent something. Yeah. And it's, it's an hour of stand-up. I'm really proud of it. And I, I hope people watch and enjoy it listen it's really good and i'm not just saying this and i'm not saying i only watched it because i was bored at my parents house but all i'll say is that it was like it brought me so much joy on a day that i otherwise other day i was like otherwise i was like there's nothing's happening for me today i might go to Publix. uh it was truly great josh this was a lot i think as far as our first conversation goes this was actually pretty successful yeah this is incredible people won't believe it (laughs) (laughs) um that'll do it though um josh thank you so much our listeners thank you so much we'll be back with you next week um until then keep enjoying the nba offseason From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.